audio. Welcome to Doc Talk, a weekly podcast featuring Monument Health physicians addressing medical topics. Tune into your health with Monument Health. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Doc Talk with Monument Health. My name is Mark Houston, and joining me now is Dr. Drew Purdy, a cardiologist at Monument Health, one of the original heart doctors. I remember for a long time, doctor, hearing those ads on the radio. Yeah. And yep. uh, that, how far back does that go? Um, well, I came in 1987. Oh, okay. And joined uh, Dr. San Martin at the Rapid City Medical Center. And then in 1994, uh, we broke off and started our own group, uh, the Heart Doctors, in 94. So a lot has obviously changed. A lot. In that 35 years or so. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming in in your practice, uh, mostly all of it for the better. The technologies, the the, the learning, it's it's yeah. probably been pretty amazing. Everything is different. I wouldn't say that everything I learned, um, we don't do anymore. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but pretty much, yeah. I mean, um, they say that you know medical knowledge like doubles every two years. So I mean, pretty much everything I learned. We don't do anymore that way. Sure. A lot of the medicines we used back then, we don't use anymore because we have newer, better, safer medicines. And so it's really been a tremendous transition. And that's that's why I picked cardiology in the first <laughs> place because it was just an exploding, uh, exploding field. Well, that is a that's a that's a that's a good question. Um, uh, when did you know this was a field that you wanted to be uh, to specialize in? So um, when I was fourteen. Uh, my dad had a heart attack, and so I went into medicine um, because of that reason. And my mom had a, a number of medical illnesses, too, and I was always um, kind of uh, a scientific sort of guy. I mean, uh, biology and chemistry and all those things I really enjoyed and liked. And so um, so I really wanted to do cardiology, and so when I went through medical school, I was kind of trying to decide what to do, and I went into internal medicine. Um, and so one of my very first interactions with one of our attendings when I was at the, uh, the University of South Dakota in Sioux Falls was uh, Dr. Talley, and he was a cardiologist, and he was an incredible teacher and kind of took me under his wing, and it was not long after that where I knew this is where I wanted to be. <laughs> uh, well, you've had a, you've had a pretty amazing career, and almost all of it's been here in Rapid City, then too, correct? Yeah, because you're from Mitchell, right? Um, yeah, uh, grew up the last couple of years. Went to high school in Mitchell. Uh, both my parents were from Mitchell. Okay, um, and then I did uh, four years at uh, USD, four years at the medical school there, three years in Sioux Falls, and then um, and then my other two years in uh, Omaha for cardiology, and then came out to Rapid City, so I've been here since 1987. Well, what we want to talk about today, Dr. Purdy, is uh, similar to uh, a conversation we had a few podcasts back with Dr. Barbera, when we're getting ready for the holidays back at Christmas time, and there was a condition that's known as the holiday heart, which is overindulgence. <laughs> Too much of a lot of things can cause problems with your ticker. Right. This one that we want to talk about, let me see if I can, I want to, I want to nail this, the pronunciation of it. Takatsubu cardiomyopathy. Did I, did I do good? Close. <laughs> Takatsubo. Takatsubo, okay. Takatsubo cardiomyopathy. Otherwise known as broken heart syndrome. 
Broken Heart Syndrome. Which so, so many songs have been <laughs> written and sung about this. That's yeah, <laughs> the, the Bee Gees 1971 <laughs> comes to mind. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, so if you want to learn how to mend a broken heart, you have to go back <laughs> and listen to the, the Bee Gees. But, um, uh, but yeah, this was um, something, again, when I was in training, nobody knew anything about and I think the incidence of it has increased uh, dramatically over the last 30 years. Um, it was first uh, came out in a publication by Dr. Soto, who was at, um, uh, in Japan at Nagasaki General Hospital. And he wrote the first paper on uh, Takasubo cardiomyopathy. And so the, one of the clinical characteristics of the uh, cardiomyopathy or disease of heart muscle is that the apex or the tip of the heart balloons. And so it balloons out and dilates. And to them, it looked exactly like the um, pods that the fishermen in Japan would use to capture octopus. They would put them in the bottom of the ocean, the octopus would climb in, and because the bottom was ballooned and the top was narrow, they couldn't get out. And so the fishermen would then go collect all their pots, and he says, it looks like a Takasubo. <laughs> and so that's what it's called. But uh, apical ballooning, um, broken heart syndrome goes by a lot of uh, different uh, terms. Well, and then I guess the next obvious question for this is what, what can trigger something like this? I, I, we, you and I were talking a little bit before this, and I've, I've, I'm learning and I'm, and I'm amazed by the toughness of your heart, but also how easy it is to damage it. Is that fair? That's fair. And um, easy, I wouldn't say it's easy, but the, the main trigger for Takasubo or stress cardiomyopathy is intense stress. And it's either um, physical stress, as in an acute illness, usually respiratory illness, um, because the heart and lungs are really tied close together. And then the other thing is acute uh, mental stress, anxiety, things like that. And it's about 50-50, 50% of the time it's acute physical stress, a medical condition that triggers it. And sometimes it's some sort of overwhelming, you know, stressor that the, the body just can't deal with. And so the heart is adversely affected. Is that so? When you're having some sort of emotional response to that, what is what is happening between the brain and the heart? There, is 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 it all? That's what that's what I'm having the, the hardest time kind of wrapping my head around. Yeah. So for the most part, I mean, we always felt for years and years and years that this was a condition of the heart. So in other words, the heart is hit by a huge amount of adrenaline or epinephrine that we get from our uh, nervous system when something really bad happens. And so the heart gets hit by this, the heart is overwhelmed, the areas of the heart that aren't moving have the most receptors for adrenaline, and so those were the areas that were just so overwhelmed that they just ceased functioning. And so the apex would balloon up, the patient would have you know, significant symptoms that would leave them into the hospital for a certain reason. Uh, and then, fortunately, over time, things seem to improve as you get further past the area of stress. But it's that sort of intense emotional stress. And 
I've had uh, a number of patients who, just talking specifically from the standpoint of mental stress, um, one lady recently, her husband had had a cardiac arrest at home. And so they bring him by ambulance, he comes into the hospital, we're taking care of him, and the next day she is admitted because her husband is sick in the hospital and you know and and so she ends up with Takasubo. Is it uh is it more prevalent in men versus women? Um currently and I've been kind of studying this for a long time and we've been looked at a, a long series of cases that we have at uh, monument that go back probably to about 2004. Um, and we have about 200 cases, and 90-plus percent of them are women, very few men. Wow. Uh, what are the symptoms then? What, do you, what are they looking for when this well, happens? the symptoms are very similar to heart attack symptoms. And so it can be chest pain, it can be shortness of breath, arm pain, um, you know, the same sort of things that people would have when they have um, a heart attack. And so EKG findings can be very much identical to a heart attack. Um, the blood tests that we look at to try and determine heart muscle damage oftentimes will go up with this stress or Takasubo cardiomyopathy. And so um, everything that you look at, you would say, this patient's had a heart attack. But the difference is, is that people with heart attacks have cholesterol plaque buildup and blocked arteries. People with Takasubo, on the other hand, generally get an angiogram to look at the arteries, and they're perfectly beautiful, normal arteries. So you have a heart attack, but yet it's not the common heart attack that people get. And this accounts for probably uh, about 2% of all heart attacks in the U.S. and probably about 5% of heart attacks in women. So it's very uh, much more common in women than men. And it's not uncommon in the prevalence is significantly increased over time. So uh, uh, this, this may be, I don't know if this is a silly question or not, but if somebody's going through this and they're feeling the signs of that happening, is, you know, in that moment, there's, I'm sure that's, that's, that's a very panicky feeling, and you're probably not thinking right anyway. But if you know that you don't have high cholesterol or you don't have those kind of issues, can you, is there a way to take a minute to think, all right, I've been really stressed out about this thing. When you go into the doctor and this is happening, is it, is it good for a patient to know that, to maybe explain, look, I've just been through something kind of horrible, uh, you know, uh, is, 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 can sometimes the patient help in that, in that sense? Um, or is it just too... I think, uh, for one, again, with the acute stress, a patient is overwhelmed. About 50% yeah. of them, they have another serious physical or medical condition that they should be in the hospital for anyway. But anybody that has severe chest pain, shortness of breath, breaking out into a sweat, all of those symptoms should be evaluated. They shouldn't sit at home and say, Oh, you know, uh, <laughs> right. I, I've been through a lot of stress. That's what's going on, even though their cholesterol and everything is fine because there's certain people that do mm -hmm. um, develop plaque in their heart arteries without the normal common risk factors. And so they should all come in and be evaluated. 
Well, I'm assuming, too, there are some instances where maybe uh, there can be traumas, emotional traumas that happen as well, that you really, you know, you don't have any control over. It, it can, it just can kind of overwhelm you and your heart, correct? Yes, exactly. And that's the difference between holiday heart syndrome, where right. you do the damage to yourself, <laughs> uh, versus this, where it's an external sort mm-hmm. of uh, stressor. And just, I mean, talking about, you know, common stressors, I mean, the death of a spouse, uh, that's probably the biggest stress in people's um, uh, lifespan. And the risk of a spouse dying after their spouse has recently passed away goes up seven times. Oh, my. And there was uh, an eightfold increase in sudden cardiac death um, in New York City around the time of 9-11. So other severe external symptoms that we have zero control over right. can lead to this. I mean, other natural disasters, um, you know, earthquakes mm-hmm. and other things where people are uh, frightened and scared and panicked and they, they there's no way to resolve that panic, they they end up, can right. end up with Takasupo. So I'm assuming if if you can keep your, you know, some exercise and eating right and doing the simple things that we've talked quite a bit on uh, a lot of different podcasts can go a long way to, you know, something tragic happen, protecting your heart as well. Yes. Um, you know, when you look at things, I mean, exercise is probably the, the one great um, thing that increases the health of the heart more mm-hmm. than practically anything else. I mean, diet and, and exercise. But exercise probably conditions the heart more um, to stay healthy. Right. So I think that's important. But there aren't any really uh, good studies that have looked at exercise um, for Takotsubo. Probably uh, for Takotsubo in particular, um, you know, meditation, yoga, I mean, other sorts of things to calm and have people focus and um, not be allowed to be overstressed is going to be uh, is going to be the answer. Now, right. there hasn't been any formal studies that have looked at ways to try and prevent Takasubo because there seems to be a person, uh, um, say, mental type or such a psychological profile of somebody who is more prone to develop Takasubo. Um, so people who have a history of anxiety, mm-hmm. have a history of depression, have a history of inability to cope are people that are going to be more prone. Likewise, once you have Takasubo, your chances of having it again are about 1 in 10. Oh, okay. So it's not just the influence of something outside, but also internal influences. It's the way that we deal with stress and coping. And so that's where we get to the fact where we're finding out now, more often it's just not an overwhelming stress that hits the heart, but it's the way that the brain deals with the stress that creates a, a, a type of person who might be prone to Takasubo. So is there any sort of cure for this then after all you just said? Um, you know, only the Bee Gees know. Um, so really, no. Um, many of the medications, and we've looked at this uh, extensively in our list of 200 people, and we put people on, you know, medications based on heart dysfunction, and so they get 
beta blockers, ACE inhibitors, other medications mm-hmm. that we commonly use, say if they had a real heart attack that was a you know, cholesterol-related event and permanent heart dysfunction. Um, and so we put people on that, but it doesn't seem to be terribly preventative like it is for the heart artery patients as for the Takotsubo patients. And so there's a lot of, hopefully, with more learning about how the brain and the heart interact, we can come up with some uh, future targets for trying to reduce the effects of the cardiomyopathy and recurrences of cardiomyopathy by maybe teaching people to deal with stress better. Well, and as you say, you know, every couple of years, you know, the, the it, it, it all changes and things continue to get better. And, and eventually, I, I agree with you, at some point, we'll get a handle on it for sure. Oh. Uh, but there are, and, and like you mentioned, you know, there are simple steps to, to protect yourself to the, to, to the best of your ability. Just get the exercise and, and, you know, eat right, meditate, yoga for sure, while you're listening to the Bee Gees. Yeah. I think yeah, that's a that great would be, way to that do it. That would be a it. great way to do <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, so Takasubo, um, because it is increasingly more common, I think that in general, um, our society, you know, uh, our addiction to social media and all of those other things creates a higher degree of anxiety, particularly among our youth. And so I don't think this is a condition that's going to get better anytime soon. Right. Well, that's a good um, point. Yeah, I think that think uh, I think over time we'll probably see this become more uh, more common to some degree. Um, certainly, we've seen it um, go from you know a period of time where nobody would ever think of it to sometimes three or four or five cases a month at our hospital. So wow. imagine worldwide. Yeah. I mean, this is about as low a stress in, you know, <laughs> right. in, the, in the universe as you can get. Yeah. Um, but you know, um, we still see quite a bit of it. Wow. Well, Dr. Purdy, thank you so much for coming in and talking about this. This is, this is really, it's a, it's a very fascinating subject and you, you really hit on, uh, the social media and, and the ways now that people can, can get stressed. Uh, Dr. Drew Purdy, cardiologist with Monument Health. Thank you so much for coming in and talking with me. I appreciate it. Okay. You're welcome. The award-winning heart team at Monument Health provides the communities of the Black Hills with the best heart care in the region. Their focus is patient-centered care with high-quality outcomes. Contact your primary care provider for a referral if you have questions or concerns about your heart health. Doc Talk with Monument Health is recorded live at Homeslice Studios, hosted by Mark Houston, edited by Russ Hatton, engineered by Chris Jaquist, and produced by Kelsey Kinney and Rob Henry.